message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Well, good morning. How you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, third service. What is up? I don't get to, I don't get to talk to first and second. I don't have any relationship with them anymore. They don't even know me, but you guys... You're my people, and I am your guy. So uh, this morning, we're going to talk about more than a friend. Now, at first look, uh, you might think that that's about Jesus, and yeah, it is in a way, but it's actually about you. It's actually about you. Um, Sometimes we wonder, you know, about our friendships and the type of people that are around us. Sometimes we ask God why or how in the world did these people end up in my life, right? Right? And sometimes we're thankful and say, how in the world did these people end up in my life, right? But I want to talk to you guys about being a good friend. I want to talk to you guys about being somebody that others can rely on. Uh, I have been blessed, and um, there's no other word to describe it than that. I've been blessed with the best friends in the whole wide world. And, And when I think about it, and I think about... Uh, these people that God has brought into my life and how I don't deserve it. I, I just, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful and I try to wonder and I try to think about how this has even happened, but it all happened through the church. Um, see, I see, I see the church in two different ways. There's church uh, uh, as a place that we come to, right? We come and we sit in the seats and it's good and it's, you know, it's 2300 East Brundage Lane is part of it and we've got uh, our Northwest Campus and we've got our uh, Tehachapi Campus and it's a place you go to, it's something you do, right? But it's much, much, much more than that. See, the church is people, it's relationships, it's, uh, we are the bride of Christ, right? We are connected to each other because of him. And so when I talk to you guys today about uh, being connected and having those kinds of relationships, I want you to look inward, but I also want you to think about how you can become a better friend to others, right? How can you look out for them? And so we have a video in a moment, uh, but first I want to talk to you guys about why we need each other. Let's pray real quick and then we'll get into it. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, this is the day that you've made. It's, it's chilly, but it's nice. It's good. I'll take this over the summer, so thank you, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just give us a clarity this morning, Lord, and give us uh, the ability to see what you want us to see. Uh, give us the clarity to uh, hear what you want us to hear, to uh, understand what you want us to understand. God, you're leading us, and you're guiding us, and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, why do we need each other? Uh, it seems like a simple question. It seems like uh, it would have a simple answer. Um, one of the reasons is because we were meant to live life with each other, right? In Genesis 2, God makes a simple statement when he creates man, and he says that it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. See, we just got through the, one of the hardest times in history, Right? I mean, I don't think we're even through it yet, but during the last couple of years, one thing that's shot up is loneliness. So many people are lonely. 
And it's kind of crazy because we have these phones, right, where you can connect with anybody at any time, but yet that has caused more loneliness. Because when we pull out our phones and we look and see what everyone else is up to, they're having a good time, right? They're having the best time of their life, and there you are sitting on the couch, right? Not having a good time. And so that increases our loneliness. That increases these feelings of just being isolated. I read a study in, uh, on Harvard Health on the website, and it said that... Um, Isolation, uh, they did a study with a bunch of different uh, people that, that felt lonely. It said isolation is associated with an increased risk for dementia. In lab animals, isolation has been shown to cause brain shrinkage and the kind of brain changes you'd see in Alzheimer's disease. Isolation is also associated with elevated risks for heart attack, stroke, chronic inflammation, depression, anxiety, perceived stress, and loneliness. People who feel lonely, right, disconnected from others, have been shown to have faster rates of cognitive decline than people who don't feel lonely. Loneliness is also tied to risks of losing the ability to take care of yourself and early death. It's not good for man to be alone, right? So how do we connect to each other on a deeper level? I'm going to show you guys this video. I sat down with Pastor Hector and uh, our worship leader, Allie, and uh, we talked about community. So I'm going to have, show you guys this conversation. I think it was really good. And then I'm going to come out and I'm going to give you guys three keys to how you can become a better friend yourself, okay? So uh, I've got Pastor Hector with me, and i got Ali Urande with me, and uh, we're going to talk about community today. I have been thinking a lot about church culture, thinking a lot about, you know, what we do, why we do it, and, you know, it's good to attend church, right? Mm -hmm. It's good. It does something for us. Um, it's been uh, something of a debate between me and some, and some of my friends lately, but I see church on a Sunday as a workout, as going into the gym, as you're putting in time. You are exercising your spirit. You're exercising your heart, right? Um, it's something that you don't always want to do, but it's something that I think we need to do. And, uh, and so it's good. I'm glad that you're all here today. I'm glad that we are focused. Even if you're online, you're still part of the church. Um, but, but I do see a huge difference between people who just come to church and people who integrate themselves into the community of church. And what I mean by that is I grew up in church. Um, you, we, you grew up in church. You did not, but you eventually your kids grew up in church. You've been in it for a long time. Um, there's a difference between coming to church, saying that you're a part of the church, and actually having these deep friendships that you rely on. And so, um, and just, and just relationships. And so I just want to talk to you guys about, you know, what's the difference between, uh, just attending church and then getting involved in a deeper level? What do you guys think? Well, I think, um, there's a quote that I read and it said, our trouble's never just environmental. It's always also internal. And so I think I, we miss that part about community is that we just jump into it. Right. And we don't really look at, um, being vulnerable with the Lord first before we get vulnerable with other people. Right. And that's where misunderstandings happen with other people. That's where um, church past hurts get involved. And we put that on our circle, right? Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like when um, our foundation is set on Jesus first, that he's our source, that our identity is relied on him, that then we could start building our community. Then we could start building our circle, right? Because then the Holy Spirit comes in, gives us discernment on, yes, this person's here for you. You know, this person is just surface level. You see what I'm saying? Totally, yeah. There was a time that I can remember uh, where I was talking to a friend a long time ago and we connected on a deeper level and it, we were talking about God, we were talking about church, we were talking about something and I was just like, this is this is what fellowship is. This is what the church actually is. This is what it should be. And um, it's, like we were ta- it's like we were talking about things that we didn't even fully understand. They were eternal. They, in- they, were, they, were, they were bigger than us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it was just a different kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's easier just to sit, really kind of sit back and there's a danger in being vulnerable yeah and being open opening up your heart to, to others and, and it's risky it's a gamble and but i'd rather take that gamble yeah i'd rather you know like i i one i think one of the the, the byproducts of that is like somebody like tony aguilar mm. tony's a, a friend and, and we're soldiers we're soldiers for for god we're 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 in a battle. We're in a war, and we're 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 being in those trenches together, mm. you know, along with our spouses. But I have these friends. I think that's what, I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, you know, it's, as a guy, and it might be the same as a girl. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all all different. But I know for men, it's hard for us to talk about our feelings. It's hard for us to open up a little bit more. Um, and I I remember talking to uh, guys before, and they say, well, I just don't I don't talk like that with my guy friends because. Mm. That's not the level we're on. We're, we're good friends. We don't talk about that stuff. I'm like, well, why not? Why don't you talk about that stuff? And it's because it's not easy. It's not comfortable, mm-hmm. right? I, I uh, am the type of person that naturally I want to uh, be a recluse. Like I want to run away. I want to be by myself. But I've been fighting against that lately. That's awesome. And, um, and it's been uncomfortable, like I said. And it's bringing things out of me that i didn't even know were there you know because you're if you have good friends and they're honest with you like they'll be, they'll they, be they won't let you they're, they're not they're, gonna hold back they're gonna let you withdraw they're not gonna yeah. let you be a recluse they're gonna pull you right. out of that they're gonna say hey, hey what's going on what's one of up? these one of these friends of mine is your son and he um he reaches out to me and he's like hey let's meet up let's meet up let's meet up and i'm like okay let's do it and and it's always fun but you know, we're busy. And so I'm like, I don't know if I have time, but then I'm like, let's make time. And we, and we met up last week and he, he like was just asking me what's going on and, and how can I help you? And then he helped me like, uh, line out a, a plan for the week and like, he just all kinds of cool stuff, you know? And I'm like, man, this is, why is he doing this? You know? And it's because he cares because we're brothers because we've been around for so long. And, um, and I think he knows that I'd be there for him too. And, it goes back to the video that I talked about last week, the Simon Sinek video, where he said that when people are heroes and they they look out for somebody and they 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 sacrifice themselves to take care of somebody, when he when they when he would ask them why they would do it, they would all say, "Because I know they would do it for me." And what that signifies is that they're part of a community that's that's strong, that where people look out for each other. And so, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what what do we what can we say? to people that feel like they're disconnected, like they're not fully connected to the church. Um, again, it's not about being per- perfect or, or good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we wear nice clothes to church. Uh, we put on our <laughs> smiles, we come. And I think a lot of us, we want to, we want other people to think that we're good, but like, that's not the point. The point is 
to come and to, and to be part of a deeper community mm-hmm. that you can actually work things out. And so I guess my question for you guys is how can you get more involved? How can you be a better friend? How can you um, find those relationships that are going to last forever? I like what she said. It's, it's the intimacy with God. I think it, it, being intimate with God and, and that reflects and being vulnerable. I don't want to pretend. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that posing. I don't want to pretend. Eh, put on your smile. Hey, praise the Lord. Everything's great. Uh, Jackson Brown has a song. It's an oldie. It's in the 70s. It came out in the 70s. He said, uh, say a prayer for the pretender. Do you remember that song? Mm-mm. It's a cool song. I was born in 1980, right? <laughs> came out in, in 76. And he says, say a prayer for the pretender. He started off so young and strong only mm. to surrender. And that's what I, our culture does to us. Mm. It makes us into that, like a poser, into a... Mm. And, and what, I, what would I say? Mm. Take a chance. Mm. Step out. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, get involved, but do do something. Don't don't stay, don't 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 stay that way. Don't be a recluse, man. Because right. I, I see people. I see two types of people at the church. The one type is just sitting back, and the other one's having fun. Yeah. And they know each other. Mm-hmm. So they're talking to each other. It's like, do they? Did, one guy <laughs> said, "Do they? Did they go to high school together?" Right. No, but they're involved together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're involved. Right. They're, they're in that battle together. Yeah. They're battle buddies. They're they're taking care of well people see us on stage right and and they think that we're probably really outgoing people but i naturally i'm not an outgoing person you might be more so but i'm not i don't know how you are but i i i just would rather not have a conversation with people like naturally but then i've learned that when you do it's so rewarding and it's so good and they might be going through something and if you can help somebody or in turn they can help you or you can just talk about life and get encouraged that's huge man Right. Well, it's like an example of a well, right? What is a well designed for? It's to be dug out to receive a source of water, right? And so a lot of times we run to a place where we need that source, right? And a well can be friends. A well can be healthy relationships, our church, our job that we don't want to be at at times, right? But sometimes we are a well to other people. It doesn't matter what where you are at in your journey with the Lord, mm-hmm. but he'll use you in those times where you need to be outpouring to your community, wherever you're at. But other times we um, need to have that source of a well. We need to go to people, right? There's a, a period in my life where I had a ghost period where um, I had surface level friendships, you know, and we never got to the parts where we loved each other unconditionally, right? Where we saw um, who Jesus calls us to be, right? And I feel like ever since I got closer to the Lord recently, you know, and he dug out stuff that needed to be taken out of my life, you know, chiseled stuff that doesn't need to be there. My identity is now in him. So now my community, I can be who I, who God's called me to be with my community, right, right, right. right? And they can be that for me too. Well, it's like, it's like there's a center, and then there's everything else that's pulling you outward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I almost went into like this this deep uh, idea of the universe and how the universe is pulling apart. Anyway, that's a whole thing. But there's this idea that, that <laughs> my mind. You love it. Yeah. But there's a center and God is at the center. And what God cares about is at the center. And so if you do nothing, you're automatically pulled away from it. Mm -hmm. But if, but God always, always pushes you back to the center and it's work, it's hard, 
but that at that center is him, right? And then the people that, that he's called us to live life with. And it's not always comfortable, but every time I'm like, God, what do you want from me today? He always puts somebody on my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Reach out to this person. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to. But I stopped saying that. I said, okay. And I have a rule now that if God puts something on my heart, or I think God puts something on my heart, because I don't always know, mm-hmm. right? I don't always know if I'm honest. Wow. If I think it is, and then I ask my, myself a question, is it a good thing to do anyway? Is it going to hurt anything, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if the answer is it's good, I'm going to do it. So I've been reaching out to people that may not ever reach back to me, you know, and they may reject, they may um, avoid me, they may, uh, who knows, but I'm not afraid of that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, but I'm not anymore because it's, it, it, in the end, it doesn't matter. It matters that you're doing it for God, right? Not for just the people, mm-hmm. but for God and the people, right? Because the church, God, that's what God cares about, right? And, it, and you know, the word says in John 15, 11 through 17, this is the message version. He says, I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. And I'm going to skim down. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit barriers, whatever you ask the Father in relationship in relation to me, he gives you. But remember, the root command is to love one another. Hmm. What is that? John 15, 11 through 17. What, what version is that? Message version. Message yeah, version. Yeah, I love right. it. That's good, yeah. That's cool. You, you know what keeps point pe- is the love, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what keeps people from doing it? I think it used to it used to do me that way. The the head trip. I used to think, well, if I get close to people, they're gonna know who you are, mm-hmm. my weaknesses, mm-hmm. my flaws, like what I what, what I'm really about. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing, you know what? Everybody, everybody's messed up. Everyone's, everybody's, a everyone's got something. Everybody's yeah. got yeah, 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 something, sure. and then that might be what keep people right yeah i don't want to get too close because they're gonna find out Mm -hmm. they're gonna find out yeah and and that's a lie it's from the enemy but i think what's great about that is when the lord knows your weaknesses when the lord knows your insecurities it doesn't matter what other people think about you because again your identity is in jesus and he calls you chosen he calls you worthy no matter what that's well that's another thing that i get because i have that same fear especially when you're on the pulpit and people you know you think well oh gosh they're gonna find out that i'm not perfect well now i just tell everybody i'm not (laughs) perfect but in the end you just you have to you have to lean in and you have to trust that people can see god beyond Mm -hmm. you yeah absolutely and when, when, from my experience, the more vulnerable, the more honest, the more real I am with people, it gives them more faith. And mm-hmm. I grew up, so I grew up in my yeah. dad's household, mm-hmm. right? Everyone put my dad up here on a pedestal, but I saw the behind the scenes and I saw the struggles and the issues and things that he dealt with. In the end, it gave me more faith because mm-hmm. I, I was like, God, I see God beyond him. Yeah. You know, I see him as a man, but then I see God moving and doing all these things. And if God can use him, he can use me, he can use others. So, yeah, you know, uh, we all have issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to know this God is good. With, with you, bro, genuine. Yeah. You're legit. I try. Bro. You said something but. the other day about pride. I, I, I was at, we were at this funeral together, and I had to sit down because hmm. my knees are all messed up and my back a little bit. So I had to sit down. I was sitting down at the grave side, and you go, well, you ought to just get you one of those like a, a sport walker. <laughs> and he said pride because pride is what do you say pride is over 
what did you say? Pride. It is overrated. Overrated, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and that's true. I go, it I was like, who cares, man? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. What people think. I mean, oh, it's overrated. Don't be, so, yeah. So I thought that was like, oh, thanks. Pretty cool. <laughs> I think we just need to come to a point where um, we just quit making excuses for not having coffee with that person that the Lord probably is bugging us about or for not going to that Bible study because mm -hmm. of past hurts or because of past, you know, issues within the ministry or whoever it is, you know, I feel like in 2021, you know, the things that we've been through as a world, right, that it's just no more funny games. It's no yeah. more surface level relationships, surface level friendships, surface level playing church. I mean, this is it. Yeah. We have to do life together. The last couple of years have been a huge test um, to the authenticity of our faith, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and not the perfection mm -hmm. of faith because we're being perfected, but we're not perfect, right? We're not there yet. It's showing the authenticity of it. And um, the truth is I have realized how much I need God, obviously, uh, I mean, I'm always reminded of that, but then I'm also learning how much I need his church, mm -hmm. right? I need the people around me. Uh, without that, we're, we're in trouble, right? I, I like it because people, I mean, the, the people that really love us, they're not trying to get anything from us. Right. Yeah. They, they just really love us. They're not, right. it's like, yeah. that's as pastors, sometimes we go, mm -hmm. what do you want from me? And it's, they're, they're not that way. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're sincere. Yeah. And they're cool. And they they're love you for who you are, not what you do. Yes. Yeah, right. That's, gen that's right. you know. So uh, in, in concluding this, uh, we have a lot more to say about this, but due, due to time, what I want you guys to do is uh, reach out to somebody this week, today, even today. Reach out to somebody that, mm -hmm. ask God to put somebody on your heart. He will. He always does. Ask God to put somebody on your heart and reach out to him. And it'll probably be someone that you're not comfortable reaching out to. Um, but I challenge you to set aside the worries and the fears and the stresses and just do it and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Just if we can learn it. how to get into that mindset, uh, the church just might become a place that other people want mm -hmm. to be a part of because we love each other so much. Mm -hmm. Right. That's it. So we got to go outside, right? Is that what you're saying? Go outside the church too. Oh, right. Like, whoever Absolutely. go out yeah. to the community. Cause I, I, I cycle with some guys and this guy had had out of rough, uh, out of uh, uh, hindsight, we found out he had heart attacks mm. while he was riding with us, and we thought he was missing his gears, not getting, not shifting right. So he ended up in the hospital, and I didn't know that dude very well. Yeah, I knew him for a few months, and it was an opportunity. because yeah. I knew he didn't know the Lord. I went to go see him at the heart hospital, mm. and it was a window. They were allowing for visitation, and I asked him, "Hey, so why are you still here? Mm. What? How, how come God didn't take you?" Right. And he goes, I, I don't know. Tell me. And I go, well, he wants you. Right. Amen. He loves you. He so a we grew up in, we grew up in a place where, uh, like evangelism was huge. Right. I see evangelism completely different than a lot of people. I see it as treat everyone like they are God's children mm -hmm. because they are. And eventually they might actually believe it. Right. And so, uh, instead of like telling, and instead of going to somebody, you need to change. You gotta change your ways. <laughs> well, when I'm riding with those guys, we're cracking jokes. Yeah. I'm always telling these stupid jokes. And they're probably shocked jokes. at how real and cool you are, you know? And, and that's what's gonna get people. But we do pray before we ride. So yeah. he knows, he knew where I was coming from. Yeah. And it was pretty neat. Mm. It was pretty neat being able to 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 lead him to the Lord. Mm. And and I think what it is, just be yourself. Mm. 
Don't try and be something else. Yeah. Just be you. Be you. Because I don't put pressure on people. Right. I'm laid back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, all right, guys. Love you. I'm going to be out here in a second um, right now. Let's talk. Feel bad for whoever has to have a conversation with me. I have like ADD. <laughs> Poor guys. So I want to give you guys um, three keys to building a solid foundation of relationships around you. Okay? Because in the end, it's your responsibility. People come to me and they say, "Hey, how come I don't have any Christian friends, or I don't have any good friendships or good relationships?" Well. The question I would have for you is, are you fostering those? Are you intentionally building those relationships? Are you, when you pray, are you asking God, who do I need to reach out to? Because God will put a name, right, or a face on your heart. And as you reach out to those people, uh, it's amazing to see what happens. I mean, that's, that's, you know, how most of my friendships and relationships have started. Uh, I just, God brought them into my life. And so I'm going to give you guys these three keys. Uh, the first one is uh, our role is to unify, unify. The Latin root uh, of unity means to make into a whole. I think that's interesting, right? Because you by yourself are an individual, but you're a part of something much bigger. You're a part of the church, right? You're a part of a body, um, and when you connect with the people you're supposed to connect with, all of a sudden there's a whole. You're not just a part anymore. You're a whole. Look at Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. It says, Therefore, I, this is Paul, prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with, with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, right? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So we're all part of a body, And we all serve one God. And when God looks down, he sees us as individuals, but he also sees us as part of his body, right? Um, This is going to sound kind of gross, but uh, if you imagine a body part laying on the road, right? Um, What do you think, what what use is that body part, right? Um, It's going to have to be disposed of, right? Um, But a body part that is part of a body actually matters, right? It actually means something. And so you guys are all body parts, right? And that's how we need to see ourselves. And it's kind of a gross analogy, I know. But, but think of yourself as a body part, but you need to be connected to a body. And if you are connected to a body, then you are useful, right? You, are, uh, you have a purpose. You are who you need to be. Look at uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 2. Paul says this, he writes, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one 
purpose, right? And then uh, this scripture goes into a scripture that I talked about last week about leadership, about sacrificial leadership, about how Jesus laid his life down and how that's how we attain to that unity. We, we lay our lives down. We say, you know what? I am an individual, yes, and that's how the culture wants me to be seen, but I am also part of a body. I'm also part of a, of a group of people, and so I'm going to lay down my individual desires to be a part of the body of Christ. And when you have that mindset and you're seeking God and you're reaching out to the people that he calls you to reach out to, it's amazing what can happen. It really is when you put yourself out there. I think one of the reasons that we don't put ourselves out there, one of the reasons we don't uh, reach out to people is because we're, fear, we're fearful of rejection, right? We don't want to be rejected. Well, I would encourage you guys to exercise that fear a little bit. And when God puts someone on your heart, say, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm rejected by them. It doesn't matter if they get back to me or not. It doesn't matter what they say. I'm going to do it for God. And if you practice that over and over and over, your resolve will increase, right? That's what I've done in my life. I used to be so fearful of rejection, but not anymore. I'll reach out to anybody. I've reached out to someone the other day, and I'm like, I don't think they're going to get back to me. And you know what? They didn't, and it is what it is. But I did it because God put it on my heart to do it. And, um, and it's an exercise, and it's not comfortable. But the more you, we do that, I mean, what, 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 what could be so bad about reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm there for you if you need it? What could be so bad? At the end of the day, even if they don't like you at all, if you send them that text or you make that phone call, they're going to like you a little bit more, aren't they? They're going to dislike you a little bit less, right? They're going to they're gonna think, man, that person is different than I thought. It's funny because when I, when I was uh, coming up with this message, I didn't know what term to use uh, because friend didn't seem like it was enough. I'm talking about people that God brings into your life, okay? People that are there for your whole entire life, people that are there uh, in the ins and the outs. Um, and uh, the word that came uh, to my mind, and this is the closest word that I could find, is the word ally. We need allies, in life. We need people that are going to look out for us. And I looked up the, the definition for the word ally, and the Latin root means to bind together. Are you somebody who's looking to bind the church together, or are you somebody who is flippant about your relationships, and maybe you are more destructive in your nature than you think when it comes to relationships? We have to ask ourselves these tough questions, right? Am I a unifier or am I a divider? What are you doing? Right? What are you doing? And sometimes silence brings division. Sometimes when you know you ought to talk to somebody and you refuse to talk to them, the devil gets in our head, right? And he divides us even more. So by not being proactive, we are sometimes adding to the division, and that's not God's will. God's will is that we would unify, right? And it just takes a little bit of effort. Not a lot. Not a lot. So how many of you guys are afraid of rejection? Be honest. A little bit? All right. In Jesus' name, cause that fear to go away. No more, right? No more. Who cares? Who cares? Well, they don't like me. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You're doing it for God. You're playing for an audience of one, and because of that, you're bringing people together, right? That's what happens. So the second, the second key um, to building solid relationships that last is to be a protector, to protect. Our role is to protect, right? 
There's a story of uh, Jonathan and David. And um, Jonathan uh, meets David and he's, he's just connected with David. And he gives him his robe, he gives him his uh, weapons, and he's like, I'm going to be there for you, David. And so when David uh, starts to have issues with Jonathan's father, who is King Saul, right, um, Jonathan steps up and he says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to let you know what you need to do. And he looks out for him and he gives him a warning and David ends up running and Jonathan was there for him, right? But it's our, it's our job to be protectors. If you guys want to read more about that, it's in 1 Samuel 18 through 20. I can't get through all of it because of time, but look up that story. There's a, there's a beautiful story of friendship, of understanding. I think Jonathan, when he saw David, he saw this potential. He saw that God's light was shining on this person. And so Jonathan put himself out there in order to protect his friend, David. And sometimes that's our role. Our role is to protect. Our role is to look out for each other. It's not to make ourselves look better. It's to make them make sure that they continue on their path. Sometimes when we see somebody and we're like, man, God is doing a lot in their lives. We are tempted to be jealous of those people. We're tempted to... Uh, Ask God, why them and not me, right? But, but, but we have to fight that temptation and say, you know what? God is allowing me to be a part of their, their life, a part of their path. And, and you have an opportunity to encourage them to continue moving forward. And you have an opportunity to put yourself out there to help them move forward, right? How many times do we have that mindset of, I'm going to protect that person, not because of them, not because of who they are, but because of who God is and who, what God is doing in their lives, that's one thing that I really hope, and I, and I, and I think our church is, is, is really good at this, but I hope that our church continues to grow in this attitude of let's protect each other. Let's have each other's back. If you hear a rumor about somebody, what should you do? What should you do? You all know what to do. You go to that person. You go to that person and say, hey, I heard this about you. What's true? What isn't? And if they tell you what, what is true and there's some truth to it, you say, okay, well, how can we restore you? How can we get you back on the horse and get you, get you moving again? Right? How can we do that? And then you settle it and you've helped that person continue on their path toward what God wants them to, to go toward, right? You are part of the story. I think Jonathan is highly underrated in the Bible. That attitude of, I'm going to look out for you to make sure that you can continue moving on. That attitude is, is undervalued in the church. And so I just encourage all of us to be protectors, to look out for one another, right? Um, and if you go to the person and they blow you off, you know, that's different. That's different. If they do, then you, you it says in, in, in Matthew 18, go get some brothers and sisters and go back to that person again. You know, and then talk to him again. And then if, if they still reject you, then that's when you, that's when you shame them. That's when you tell everybody, stay away from these, this person. They don't want to change, right? But culturally, what do we do? We just talk. Talk, talk, talk. Did you hear about so-and-so? Because it gives you a little bit of a rush, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Salons, man. Whew. Oh, barbershops too, right? Barbershops too. It's all the same thing. The cooler, you know, the, at work, whatever it is. We like to talk. So we got to stop doing that, especially with each other. We got to look out for each other. So the third um, key 
First one was unify, second one was protect. Third one is connect. Our role is to connect, okay? And I've been talking about this the whole time, but you gotta ask yourself a question. Think about your friends, um, think about your relatives, okay? Even our spouse. Did God bring them into your life? Now, if the question when it pertains to your spouse is, I don't know, or I don't think so, well, you, you, you done did it, and uh, yes, God has you together. So it is what it is, all right? As long as there's not any main issues, you gotta, what's that old country song? You gotta love the one you're with? Yeah, that's what you gotta do. You gotta love the one you're with, okay? You gotta figure it out. Uh, because you're already married, and um, and it is what it is. And it's, it's rough, but... Uh, did, did God bring that friend into your life? Did God bring that relationship into your life? Because if he did, then it's worth working on. If God brought that relationship into your life, it is worth putting time into. It's worth putting effort into because not only are you going to help that person along their path, right? But that person will turn around and help you. I've been, um, I, I'm getting much better, but I, I was going through a period and I, of, of just, um, I don't know what it was, really. I still don't know what it was. It was like a discontent. It was like a frustration. It's like a weird feeling. And I was just waking up with this feeling, and I was praying about it, and it wasn't going away. And I realized through prayer, and I realized through um, uh, listening as well to God, that my fix or my... Um, medicine was going to be relationships. God kept leading me back to my friends. Every time I'd pray, he'd be like, reach out to your friends, reach out to these people that I've brought into your life. And there have been periods in, in their lives where I had reached out to them, but now it was my, uh, I, had, I had reached out to them for them, right? But now it was my opportunity to ask them for help. And that takes a little bit of humility, and that's hard to do, especially for guys, right? It's hard for us to reach out to a friend that God has put in our life and say, hey, bro, I need help. I need help, right? I need, I need prayer. And I've done that, and it's been amazing to see my friends step up and just be there, you know? But did God bring them into your life? 2 Corinthians 6.14 in the ESV says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, we use this scripture a lot for marriage. Don't be unequally yoked. We talk to people that are unmarried and say, hey, make sure you guys are uh, both on the same uh, level. And, and a lot of times we talk about, you know, whether the uh, husband and wife, whether one of them saved and one of them not saved, you, you want them both to have the same love for God because it's going to work out much better, right? And some of you guys, uh, you understand what that is. Some of you guys are in marriages where the, uh, your spouse doesn't believe the same as you, and, that, and that's hard. It's difficult, right? And so the idea with this uh, verse is the idea is that you're a farmer plowing a field, and you have two oxen, and they, uh, the yoke is the, the piece that keeps the oxen together, right? And um, as they go and plow this field, you want the oxen to stay on the same path. You want them to go the same direction. You want them to work the same way, right? Because if you have one that's going to the right and one that's going to the left, that's gonna, not a lot's going to get done. It's going to be frustrating. Now, this uh, is definitely applied to marriages, but I think it's also applied to friendships. And it has to do with, um, you know, whether that person that you're a friend with 
is valuing the same thing that you value. Whether that person is wanting to go in the same direction that you're going in. Whether that person understands um, that there's a higher purpose in life. And so when we connect ourselves with people like that, life is not only easier, it's smoother, it's better. It's, you, can, you can look at your partner and say, hey, you're, you're, you're slugging a little bit, but you can come along. We're still going the same direction. It's much easier. But when you connect with people that are like, hey, bro, let's go this way. And you're like, no, we need to go this way. It's not going to work out. And so you have to ask yourself that tough question, are the people in my life, are they, am, I, am I equally yoked with them or am I not? Am I wanting the same things in life? Am I wanting to, are they wanting to serve God like I'm wanting to serve God? Are they wanting to have a higher purpose like I'm wanting to have a higher purpose? And they, if the answer is no, then you gotta, cut the, you gotta cut the cord. You gotta cut it. And that's sad to say, and I don't mean that you never talk to them again. I mean you don't live your life with them, right? You don't live your life day in, day out with them because it's just going to be frustrating for both of you. At the end of the day, it's just going to be frustrating for both of you because you want to go one way, they want to go another, right? And if you guys are unmarried and you're single, when you think about uh, who you're going to marry, uh, these questions are so crucial, and don't think that, oh, it'll get better once I get married. Please don't think that. How many of you guys are married in here? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Does not get better after you say I do. Whatever issues you might have as a dating couple, it's going to get harder once you get married. Marriage does not fix things, okay? But if you're already married, God can move and he can do amazing things and miracles, right? And so, so if you are married and you feel that way, pray for your spouse. Pray for your spouse. And then pray for your spouse. And when God puts something on your heart to do, to reach out to them, to love them, do it. Do it. Humble yourselves. Gentlemen, guys, if you're having a hard time with your wives, humble yourselves. Serve them. Love them. It says in the word that we ought to love them like Christ loved the church. Sacrificial love, it's not easy. It's difficult, right? And women, if you're having a hard time with your husband, right, pray for them. And try to find ways to submit yourself to them biblically when they're doing the right thing, right? When you see them do something good, say, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with what you just did. Don't just look at the negative. Don't just look at the difficult things that, um, that are in your marriage. Look at the good, right? So God is the farmer. We are the oxen. It's time for us to move forward. I'm going to end now. Um, I have more, but I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to come back and talk about relationships a little bit more. Um, but, but here's the deal, okay? We're all in the same boat. We're all in need of relationships. All of us. Isolation is dangerous. It really is. And it's not only dangerous, it's just not the way we were called to live. And so if you feel isolated and you feel like there's something missing in your life, right, then there probably is. And so like Ali was saying in that video, connect yourself first with God, okay? Connect yourself first with God if, that's, if you're feeling this way. And then ask God to bring the right people into your life. And then ask God how you can serve them, how you can be a good friend, how you can be a good um, uh, comrade with them, right? A good ally to them, a good uh, fellow soldier with them. And, and then when God puts that on your heart, just go for it, man. Don't worry about rejection. Rejection is going to happen. There's somebody in the world that's going to reject you, and it probably has nothing to do with you. It has to do with where they are in life. It has to do with whatever they're dealing with, right? 
So just put that fear aside and let's move forward, right, together. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for everything you're doing in our lives, Lord. And I pray, God, for grace and mercy and love and passion, Lord. I pray, God, that we would be people that value each other because you value us. You value your church. You value the unit. We are all body parts, but we're all connected to a body, and you are the head. So I pray, Lord, that we would just um, double down on that, God, that we would be people that are uh, that don't take no for an answer, that we would be people that go out and we find those people that need us, Lord. I pray right now, God, that you'd put a, a, a name on each of our hearts right now. Put a name on each of our hearts and let us not go even two hours without connecting with those people. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us the, the way to do that. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, so as I'm praying, I feel like we need to do that. So reach out to somebody. Say, hey, just want to let you know I'm there for you. That's it. That's it. That's it. And if they send you a text that says F you, whatever, don't worry about it, okay? Don't worry about it. All right. Let's just do it. Let's be a community. Let's be who we need to be. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our love.